Welcome. This is your girl and host, Kenya Bryant. I'm so excited about the Brave and Vision podcast. This is our place, ladies, where we'll be uniting through storytelling and the power of sisterhood. We're sharing the bold and brave valley and mountaintop stories along with our fellow visionaries. So join me every month for fun and real conversations on tackling fear and yes, life's cray cray to walking out our beautiful vision journeys. Hey y'all, we are on episode 13 of the Brave and Vision podcast. Wow, what a journey it has been. Thank y'all so much for joining me on this incredible ride. We have had some dope guests, some incredible truth nuggets and wisdom and just like pearls dropped and episodes that have been raw, real, and just really beautiful. Well, today I'm so excited because I got fellow vision enthusiast, social entrepreneur, sister friend, Sarah Anika Hobbs. Anika is a gentle spirit and one lady that I got to say rocks herself and is unapologetically her. She is the lead curator and the owner of Nubian Human, also the founder of the Black Love Experience. Y'all got to go check that out on Instagram. I can't even explain the black excellence, the beauty, the love that you see in that experience. Anika's passion has led her to truly walk out. When you have been given a blessing, you should be able to live off of that. That is her heart's desire is to see artists live off their blessings. And that is their art. So Nubian Human is this beautiful space that has become truly an integral part of her community. She's located in the Anacostia Art Center in Washington, D.C. and beautiful Baltimore, where she is the center of her community, where black and brown artists come and they are showcased and that there's opportunity for people to come and to be able to allow them to live off of their blessing. Anika is a former H&M executive turned social entrepreneur. And in this episode, she shares her brave story of pressing through the process of just getting started. Of She defines herself as the best definition of incremental growth. How it just wasn't an overnight start where it took coming in a circle of friends through learning and gleaning and actually studying what business was about before she took that step. You're going to love this story. You're going to love how she pushes us to keep going, even as she shares her story of pain and loss. This is a good one, y'all. Sit back and enjoy. All right, y'all, we are back at it again, and I am so excited about this episode, and I am sitting in the dope space of Nubian Human, and I got the owner, Anika Hobbs, who some of y'all remember from the oven. She was a part of the panel that we had at Dulce and Bean, Um, but this chick is doing some incredible things, and she has a beautiful, brave story, and I can't wait for y'all to hear. So, Anika, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little something about you. First of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Yes, I'm glad to have you here, girl. And to be in your space, which is beautiful. Uh, thank you. Thank you. 
Um, so my name is Anika Hobbs. I'm the owner and lead curator for Nubian Human. Yes. Um, we have been open here in the Anacostia Art Center since 2013, so yes. a little over five and a half years now. Yes. So y'all are a part of this community. Oh, we yeah. are. Yeah, y'all yeah. are here. Y'all have roots. We are here. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when we started out, we were half the size we are now. Um, so at the time we, um, Featured independent artists of color, of yes. course, is what we do yeah. um, from all over the world. So we've yes. worked with about 400 artists and designers um, in about 30 countries and six different come continents. Come on, girl. Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then in 2017, we were awarded a grant to double the size of our space. So now we have men's, ladies, kids, beauty, and then we also have home as yes. well. Yes. This is beautiful. This Thank is beautiful. you. All right. So this ain't all that you do. So tell us a little something that is like your hobby, your passion. What else is it about, Anika? Oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about the artists living off their art. Oh, that's good. So any way that I can support anyone in that process, mm -hmm. um, that's what we do. So um, I do do like a little bit of um, consulting and graphic work for some folks, yes. uh, website design. I don't really promote it or anything because okay. there's not a lot of time for it. but. Right. Um, I just, you know, my thing is, is I went to college and when I left, I spent a lot of money to go to college. Girl, shoot, I'm so bad at Sally. I, I know. I was just like a student loan corporation. I just, woo. I thought I paid off all my loans in 2017 and that was practically like 20 years out of college. And yes. then somebody's popped up and been like, you owe us money. And I'm like, who are you? you and how what? do you expect me to remember you from 20 years ago? Well, you come off. Yes. I need legitimacy right here because I don't believe you. But um, yeah, so when I got out of college, yeah. I didn't really have a portfolio. My resume wasn't together. And okay. so um, basically, you know, I started working for H&M. And my thing was, is that had I been prepared, I would have been able to live off my art Ooh, immediately gotcha. coming right gotcha. out of college. At okay. least that's what I believe. But, right. you know, God makes no mistakes. So right. um, I'm just really, I feel like you are given blessings and you should be able to eat off of those blessings. So Come on, girl. Come on, that's why that. I'm just very passionate about the artists living off their art. I so. love that. But so was it H&M that kind of sparked the flame in you to go ahead and say, I got to go do my own thing? What made you say enough is enough? I'm going to go do this. Um, you know, I would have to say H&M planted the seed. Okay. You okay. know, I never want, I didn't, you know, I went to school for design. So entrepreneurship wasn't anything that I was thinking about. Okay. Okay. Um, but pretty early on while working for them, it was like, I had this realization that, you know, first of all, I was always traveling because I used to travel for the company for like two and a half years. It was just strictly travel. Okay. Um, and I would just meet amazing artists in mm. my, in my ventures and, Everybody would be like, where'd you get that? And then when I would give them the information, you wouldn't see the artist anymore. Mm. And so I'm like, we need a permanent space that you can come just like there um, yes. any day of the week and be able to shop. But it's with independent artists, people who look like us, people who have been the, you know, the same experiences, similar yes. experiences to us who... When we hear certain ingredients or we see certain things, there's a familiarity to it. Yeah, And, you know something that has a story because all yes, of our pieces like have a story yeah, yeah. so um pretty much like a year and a half in um a sora of mine and then um one of my best friends we started meeting regularly just yes. to start 
getting the ball rolling, okay. having conversations, Sanctions. reading yes. books, holding yes. each other accountable. Yes. I love that. And y'all heard say Sarah because that's she's my Sarah. <laughs> We're Delta Sigma Theta. That's darling. right. <laughs> that's right. So, so y'all had this thought of like we need to do something different and so you gather together Mm -hmm. I always say that there's something powerful when we can connect with one another that we're better together like we're two or more together like there's some things that it makes it impossible almost because somebody got your back right right and someone's pushing you forward or Mm -hmm. you're pulling someone right right and so I love that you said y'all gathered together so how Mm -hmm. long from there did it take? Um, so, you know, pretty much we were all kind of just talking about our own individual yeah. ideas yes. for our own businesses. But um, that was probably like 2002, maybe, 2003. And then yeah. we opened here in 2013. So it was a 10-year Ten. process yes. of um, taking classes, learning business. I didn't know, you know, business business. Mm-hmm. Um, learning as much as I could from H&M. Right. Um, because they were new to the U.S. So, like, now they have, like, over 300 stores. But when right. I started, they had about five. Okay. So the company was really small. And we, you know, the country manager knew my name okay. at the time. And so it was just I was learning so much from, you know, what went really well, what didn't, um, their cycles, mm. um, how they change, how they pivot, just so much from the business yes. that I was taking all of that in and kind of banking it for to, you know, to kind of build something up of my own. So it was a huge inspiration. I mean, I work with amazing, amazing people. So, yes, that's yeah. a, And I like how you're like. We started this 2002, just brainstorming and right. like getting them strategy sessions. Mm-hmm. To 2013 is when the right. your store opened. Right. And I think sometimes we see your success mm-hmm. and we don't recognize there's a process. Right. And so oftentimes I think people see it and then they're like, "Well, if she did it, I could do it." But they don't know your story. Right. No. <laughs> no. They don't know the time. I mean, you mm-hmm. said you had to take classes. You mm-hmm. had to invest in it. You had to listen. You had to observe. You right. had to learn. And I think it's so important that people recognize that, that, mm-hmm. yeah, you can see somebody successful, right? but you don't know their story. You don't know the backstory, right. and, nor do you know how long it took, right? because I didn't know it took that long yeah. for you, you yeah. know? But that I think it's important that people hear that. And that was something like for the podcast, it was important for me to share the stories because we mm-hmm. see people on their mountaintop. Right. That we don't forget that they have scars. Yeah. Like there's some, <laughs> yes. there's, there's some scars. There, there are. was some deep valley moments, some oh, yeah. messy chapters of the yeah. of, of, of the life. <laughs> you could even and, be going through it right now. You, you know. <laughs> but I'm gonna talk about, about it. it. Right. And it's testimony. like yeah. And it's like you see the mountain and you're like, Oh, I want I'm, I'm gonna do that. And right. it's like, yeah, you can do that, but you don't know that right. like I could broke all my fingernails trying to climb this mountain. <laughs> right. I got like a couple of scratches, some mm-hmm. deep wounds that are still healing. Yeah. As I'm up here celebrating on it. And right. so so that's what really made me think about the podcast of like tell the story of your mountain right. top climb right. so that it can be the page in someone else's survival guide. Yeah. But also I love the one that um, vision gives pain a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the things we walk through or what we see people walk through right. kind of give us like vision and it makes us like, ooh, okay, that, that makes sense and right. that give purpose to it. Yeah. So would you say was there someone's story? that pushed you forward to say, I can do this. And you watched them climb, you saw the pain and you said, Ooh, okay. They went through that. I think I can too. Um, you know, I don't think there's anybody in particular that I saw that. Um, you know, there were businesses that kind of do what I do. Maybe they weren't as intentional as far as it being, 
um, <clears throat> all of the artists being people of color. Right. But, you know, there's places like I grew up in Boston. So, you know, like a Nubian notion, which is, of course, not around anymore. <laughs> no. But that's where you would go to get all your incense and all your tapes and, yes, you know, girl. everything back in the day. And if you wanted like one of those hand-drawn cards yeah. or, you know, purses with some African stuff on it, that's where you went. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was always like a trip and an exciting mm -hmm. experience. But I can't say there's any one in particular. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to say, like, I think the biggest influence was H&M. I worked okay. with them for 12 years. Yes. So um, in two different districts. So um, they poured a lot in me. They believed yes. in what I was doing. And I think that that really... Um, allowed me to absorb a lot and learn mm -hmm. in different ways that I may not have been able to learn otherwise. That's good. Was there anyone there at H&M that kind of took you under the wing? That kind of saw something in you? Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, there, I had a regional, when I was a district manager, you know, I had a, a regional um, manager, a couple of them actually, um, you know, Hassani, she was really awesome. She was in New York. Yes. Oh, she was actually country. Um, and then Lena, who's actually one of my really great friends, she she lives in Philly. She's okay. from Philly. And we're still very good friends now. Awesome. Um, and, you know, she, she basically did a lot of grooming with okay. me as well, coming down, spending time, um, which helped me and inspired me a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good that in, a, in an organization they could see right. someone's light yeah. and see that and then invest in that. Mm -hmm. And what a gift that was because it was already like seeds being planted in you right. for you to go forward and do yours. Yeah, yeah. But they were probably grooming you as a leader that, yes, you would impact mm H&M. -hmm. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes I think those people who are mentors and leaders, they see greater. Right. And they see the potential in you. And so yeah. they're like, okay, I got to groom you because you're going to you're gonna expand out of here and elevate out of here. Mm -hmm. And when you go out, you should go out like pretty dope. And yeah. Ready and prepared. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely had that. And because, you know, I've been with the company so long, you know, so many people, they become family. Yes. And like I said, for like two and a half years, I was just traveling every two weeks. So, you know, there was always a core group of us who were always together and, yes. and talking and encouraging. Um, even like all my day when I was, you know, I was ready to leave, leave. Right. <laughs> um, my controller, who's basically like the accountant for yes. your district, you know, we work desk next to each other. And um, he knew that I wanted to leave. And I'm like, Jason, can I leave now? So he crunches numbers and he's like, I think it's time. I think oh, you can do it. How good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. so that is awesome. Well, yeah, that had to be helpful to have that. I mean, I think sometimes people don't have that. <laughs> right, right. Right. And I think that was a gift that you were able to have someone kind of crunch it, say, now. Yes. Go launch now. Yeah. And then you have confidence that, okay, I mm -hmm. can do it. Yeah. Were you scared, girl? No. Not no? at all. No? No. Talk about mm -mm. that. You know, it was an interesting time in my life. Um, my dad, I had just spent like a month, an unplanned month. My dad got really sick. Yeah. And so I went to visit him. He was living in New Mexico at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got there, he was a lot sicker than I had anticipated. I didn't see him often because mm -hmm. he was all the way in New Mexico. So um, I ended up going on FMLA and, and um, spending a month there. And then when I came back, I had a new manager. Mm -hmm. And so he was, you know, gung-ho as he should be. And he's like, <laughs> I need you to give 110% or 120%. And this is after, like, I had literally packed up my dad's whole house, sold his house, got his car, everything, moved yeah. that to Maryland, found him an apartment to stay in here, and just getting him settled mm -hmm. um, it, along with his health. Yes. And, you know, then coming back and trying to get my bearings 
And then for someone to say, like, I need all of this from you. And I was like, well, if it's more than 100, I can't do it. And I was just I was just done. Um, and, you know, also for me, like, I had been saving the whole time. Okay. So, yeah, talk on that. Yeah, because I think sometimes we think it's business. We're entrepreneurs. It uh-huh. sounds sexy. Yes. Sound all like, yeah, <laughs> I can go do that today. Right. But there's a process to it. There is, yeah. And there's an investment and a sacrifice. Right. So, yeah, talk on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I knew my my dad was really amazing. He taught me basically, I don't live this way now. I don't know what happened. But <laughs> he was very good at teaching me how to live below your means. Okay. Right? So because I was a district manager, um, you know, I had a car and a cell phone, personal car and cell phone, computer. But because I was a district manager, we would have a company car or okay. company phone. So everything was pretty much like the lowest basic plan Mm -hmm. so I'm not using my personal stuff very much because I was you know doing business stuff and um, you know my apartment was really cheap it was Mm -hmm. like on the seventh floor with no elevator (laughs) but you know it was it it was in a good you know I could save yes and so for years with that also I always had the largest district so I was traveling a lot Um, so you get paid per diem. Hmm. So pretty much it's like $100 a day. And I'm yes. like, who eats $100 a day? Exactly. So I would save all of that money. And so by the time I left, I had about $40,000 okay. cash Come saved. On, Come yeah. on, girl. Come on, girl. That was a highlight for me. Come and I'm on, like, girl. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to see that again, but <laughs> that was awesome. No, but that's but, awesome. Yeah, I always tell everybody, I don't have that, like, started from the bottom story. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I wasn't laid off, thank God. And, you know, I, you know, didn't have to start with, like, $250 in my pocket. So it was very planned. I tell, I also tell everybody, I'm probably the best definition of incremental growth. You know, just starting small, just little by little. I'm not, you know, the shooting quick person. Yes, but I think that's good that you knew who you were and how to launch into entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. because you've been successful. Yeah. You've been, you know, successful in knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And I like that word, incremental growth. Yeah. But that you did, though, actually sacrifice, though, because you took money. You you put things aside because you could have had banging stuff. You could have had all these things, but that you chose and then you took a lesson from your father. Right. Well, I wanted to talk about that, about your dad, because you shared Mm -hmm. that as one of your brave moments. Yeah. That you shared that that was something that like was a difficult Mm -hmm. loss Mm -hmm. and um but that even through that loss you pressed through Mm -hmm. and then had a surprise that came from it as well so share a little bit on that yeah so my dad and you know he was very very sick for years and um I'm an only child so when I moved him I moved him to live on like the same street as me so literally I could walk probably about four minutes and I could make it to um where he lived and um, it was just years of him being really sick. Um, he was very weak. Okay. Um, you know, so he, like he would call me in the middle of the night. He's fallen somewhere and he oh, needed help yes. and things like that. So it was a really hard time. You know, um, my dad was very strong willed too. Mm-hmm. he's an Aries, boy, <laughs> like classic Aries. <laughs> so he had all the answers, but knew nothing then, sometimes. Right, 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 right. I couldn't tell him nothing, you know. But a black man too, though. Girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He that, that generation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, so it was a really difficult time. And then there came to a point where, you know, he was so sick that it was just like, you know, they kind of, he was tired of having to, um, do blood transfusions and just being in and out of the hospital like every other month. So he was just uh, made comfortable. So okay. yeah. um, it was probably for about a week and a half that he was just in the hospital and 
um, there was a lot going on. We have an event called the Black Love Experience. Yes. Girl, I can't wait yeah. for you to share a little bit more yeah. about that to the listeners. Yes. And, um, so we were like two weeks out, a couple weeks out, maybe like four um, to the Black Love Experience. So it was really intense because yes. it's like you got your whole team and a lot of things are those last minute closes. Yes. Everybody's really focused. And, you know, I'm kind of like planning for my dad's passing. Yes. And so um, my team was really awesome and kind of just tightening everything and mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, the wheels kept moving. But my dad passed away on um, February 4th, 2017. Yeah. And so that was really hard. I never, like, experienced, like, being there watching somebody pass. And, you know, thank God my uncle was there with me, um, my dad's brother. Yeah. And so that, you know, he kind of led me through that process. But it was a really, really hard time. And, you know, when you don't have siblings, nobody knows the same, you know. So, and then at the same time, you're you're grieving, but then also you're responsible for all of this person's stuff. So it was a really hard, hard time for me. And literally- And at the same time, having an event, having an a event, business. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And then like my dad was in the hospital and I had opened this letter or email that said, congratulations, you've won $50,000 for your, the grant that yes. we had gotten. So we could do capital improvements yes. to our space. And it was like, it didn't even re- ever really register that it was like, you're getting this money because I was so focused of like my dad, you yes, know? Yes. So, um, and even he was very in and out and he was like, go, go take care of your money. Like he really couldn't even talk, but he was like, go take care of your business. I remember <laughs> him saying that to me. So um, it was kind of just dealing with all the paperwork and everything, but it was really hard. And then, you know, he passed and then it was probably like maybe a week later, after his funeral, we had the Black Love Experience. Okay. And so, you know, we have like 1,500 people in this building and, you know, everybody's dancing. They're having an amazing time. They're yes. learning. They're sharing energy. Mm-hmm. And you're you're kind of like grieving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then you're trying to be a part of it. But, you know, people are giving your condolences, which I appreciated. But it was just, it was a very hard time. It was a very, very hard time. So what would you say helped you get through that then? To keep going because some people might have stopped. Yeah. Because you know, grieving, people grieve differently. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I, I I smile at when you hear the like, oh, there's these 12 steps, and I'm sure there are. Right. But I often say you can't tell somebody where they are in their grief. I mean, no. you can't. You no. can't tell them how to grieve or Mm-mm. where to grieve, and that's that's cute. You got 12 steps to the grieving right. process. Right. But people grieve so differently mm-hmm. and over time. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it hits you differently over yeah. time. It does. But how did you? So how did you deal with that and keep going, to to keep this? I mean, I'm in yeah. this place and it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, and you kept going. Yeah. And black love experience, like when you start talking, I mean, <laughs> that thing is grown. I was volunteering at the. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. This Thank year, you. It's like, it's grown. How did you keep going? Um, you know, I know I, one of the biggest things is like my dad, my dad, um wanted me to do this so much you know so it's like because he passed I know he would have been disappointed for me to just stop okay and like one of the things that he always would say to me which I'm like you never say this to me like my to my mom (laughs) but my dad is very much like he was like go for it kiddo he would say that to me all the time so like in that moment I knew that like he would want me to make it happen make it happen so I think that kept me going a lot I have amazing community yeah so, um, you know, one of our 
team members, Rissa Kat Okadei. She yeah. is um, a cultural architect, and she is a big, big part of the Black Love Experience. She's a programmer. Yeah. And she had a, her mom passed when she was, like, college age. Mm. And so she was there to kind of, like, lift me up during that process. She, she understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she understood good. that. So that helped a lot. And I just have amazing friends and family. Like, my friends were, like, when my dad passed, he, you know, we had to bring him to Boston. Okay. There was a terrible, terrible storm. You know, oh, Boston wow. is known for its snow. Storm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, like, planes were grounded. But somehow, like, my two best friends that live out here, they flew out there. They had to drive a little bit. But they made it there to the funeral. And it's just, cool. like, just knowing that you have that type of support, you can't stop. You can't. You can't yeah, stop. Yeah, there's something about a tribe. Yeah. I mean, and I know that's trendy, like, mm-hmm. you know, hashtag tribe life. Right. But when you really invest in that mm-hmm. and you have that, yeah. like you said, yeah. you can't stop. No. I mean, they, they cover you in such a way yeah. that they cover you over the storm. Yeah. They cover you through. I often like to say, um, I like when Brent Brown talks about uh, the arena mm-hmm. and when you fighting in the arena. Yeah. And she was like, if you ain't in this arena getting your ass kicked, don't talk. <laughs> Like, right. right, you know, if, yeah. I, if I'm in here battling, you ain't in here battling with me as yeah. my tribe, don't come don't in here. Don't, don't say nothing. Yeah. Don't, not as you sit and be in an audience. Right. Be in, in the arena. Right. And that's what I say is, like, I have those who are fighting with me, and mm-hmm. then I even have those on high ground yeah. who are looking out on the, on mm-hmm. the high ground for me, but those that are also back-to-back yeah. back in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah in the midst of battles and storms and then they're celebrating mm-hmm. you know they got their pom-poms yeah. they doing flips and stuff like that like, yeah. you got your own cheering squad <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really is so like that's, that yeah that's yeah. good I'm glad that you that that was something you had and that you could speak on because I yeah. think that's so important and I think it's important for women mm-hmm. because we could talk about it and it's trendy right but is it true right do women really have those circles mm-hmm. that they can rely on and that who are going to be there with you when you're going through that yeah. Who gonna fly through storms. Right. <laughs> Literal storms. Yes. Drive through snow. Right. Just so they can be present with yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that meant a lot. You know, that meant so much to me. And honestly, you know, it's an interesting thing for one of my best friends who was there. Yeah. Um, she's a sore and she, you know, I call her my sister. Like, I literally yes. say my sister. Yes. And, like, her dad ended up passing away in May. Mm. You know? So it was like I was, I was poured into... And I had all of these lessons in this community so that I could be better for yes. her when, when it was her time. Sure. Yeah. So that helps. That definitely. And, you know, I think also um, understanding where my dad was. I, you know, I've been there part of the process and he was he was tired, mm-hmm. you know. So in yeah. my spirit, I had to say as much as I want to have my dad around like the other day, I was trying to figure out something electrical and I was like my mom was like I don't know and so I was like this is when I need daddy you know yeah but it's like I knew that he was he he, he wanted to rest mm. he want my dad wanted to rest and I yes. have to be okay with that and he would want me to continue to live life so yeah and yeah. live it to the fullest oh uh, yeah in honor yep. of him yeah and this right here that we're sitting in mm. This is beautiful. This, Thank you. I mean, this this his spirit's here yeah. and his presence is here. It definitely is. And um and that when you come in, I think you can smile and say, "Daddy, you you know what? Mm-hmm. You you pushed me to keep going even when I felt like I wanted to stop." Yeah. You yep. know, even when it felt. So I think that's so good. That's so Thank good. You. Well, 
you, we talked about the tribe, and while I'm in here, this looks mm-hmm. like a space that is meant for like community, mm-hmm. tribe life. Yeah, that this is what you feel when you're in here. It's beautiful. Thank you, Anika, and it feels like you're home and yeah. you're welcome and you enter in. It, what was what was your goal and how you set this up? And the vision behind it, because you are impacting so many people. When you said yeah. the 400 mm-hmm. artists, yeah. I mean, it's just not Anika that's getting blessed. There's <laughs> others and others, and that's a tribe right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the whole basis, it, the whole basis was not so much about community in the beginning. The okay. whole basis was more like economic empowerment. Okay. Oh, because, I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I was passionate about the artists. Yeah. But then... Um, Community became a pillar once I started getting into Nubian Human. Okay. Um, I, you know, I tell people all the time, like, the community that is built around my brand, my business, myself, mm-hmm. that's nothing that I could have ever written in a business plan. You that's know? That's good. Oh, I like that. It's, it, but it, it, and it's like, people just can see the vision, you know? They see mm-hmm. the vision, they see the work, they see the consistency, and so they're just... It's just held me up. It's held the business up in so many different ways. Mm. I always wanted to have a space. You know, my background is in environmental design interiors. So space is something that I've always loved, the psychology of people in space. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, when I first started, you know, everybody was like, you need to get a website. And I'm like, (laughs) why? I'm going to have a space, you know? But... You know, I'm, I'm glad we did do the website. But, you know, my whole thing is, is like, how can we come together? How do we share energy? Yes. How do we, like, build each other? How do we come into a space and just have, like, smiles on our faces and, and so simple good. conversation? Station. You yeah. can't do that online. No. You can, but it's definitely not the same. It's not. So it's always been about... Um, Holding energy together. That's like what it's that. been. And that's what you feel. Yeah. I mean, so this picture, this painting right mm-hmm. here is mm-hmm. so dope. What, where does this, I mean, because when you sit here, mm-hmm. the presence of it yeah. and, and the feel of it, what, where does that come from? Um, so this is actually Shawnee Crow. Okay, and cool. she we had her for the Black Love Experience, I think maybe three years ago now. Mm-hmm. But she was really, really popular. She's still very popular. Um, so she did the braiding in the image. She's very much um, influenced by African styles and yes. braidings. So she did the braiding and she did the photography. So the whole series is called Braids. So there's about okay. five other, six other images yes. um, of different women in braided styles. And something about braids, you know, in our community, girl, it meant something. It was like that oh, was a time everything. of connection. Yeah. That was a time of touch. Like mm-hmm. you were being touched at that time. Yeah. Like the busyness of mom stopped. Right. And, and the woman stopped when she was braiding your hair. Right. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like she could take a moment. And that was that was community. That was right. that was a time when you were hearing gossip. That was mm-hmm. a time when there was talk and conversation. Lessons. Yes. Life lessons were being taught when yeah. your hair was getting braided. And yep. it was time for hair. And although mm-hmm. you didn't like it. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> it was like a, you were sitting mm-hmm. and other women even came around. Right. And so that's why I thought it was so dope to have this kind of mm-hmm. picture in the presence of it around yeah. your couch and this this lounge area because it does speak to those are the times in our community that you knew you were going to slow down yep it was time that we was going to gather and then as a little girl you knew you was going to hear some stories and hear some stuff you weren't supposed to (laughs) you're not really supposed to be quiet girl 
Yes, you know, we're yeah. supposed to be, it's grown people business, but you in it. Yeah. yeah. So I love this. I love that. Yeah. That's why I was like, the picture meant so much and it said so much. Yeah. It spoke so much, especially with the hair, because that means so much to us as women. Mm-hmm. It means. So the impact mm-hmm. of 400 artists are represented here. Yeah. Wow. Anika, talk yeah. to that. You know, it's not even, it's not even by, it's not by design, um, at least not on my side, because um, the thing is, is that we, when you work with independent artists, Mm -hmm. buying is a different process. Okay. Okay. So, you know, most boutiques, they go to market and then, you know, which is a big convention pretty much with businesses popped up and you can basically go to all these different businesses and buy for your Mm -hmm. season. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you're working with independent artists, it's like they may have money to do production this season, but next season they may not have the money. Right. So, you know, you ha- you're constantly um, working and finding new new people. Okay. And just with, you know, I, I think we're in a huge black renaissance again. You know, yeah, there's a resurgence of black business <laughs> that this is the time to, like, get with people, you know, get with each other and promote each other. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, we're just constantly looking for new artists, new designs. A lot of folks reach out to us. You okay. know, I've had, we have artists, we've been working together for about two years now. Okay. But he literally showed up from South Africa and he was like, my friend told me to come here. <laughs> and I said, okay, cool. Okay, come here. Awesome. He's like, I want to show you my stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, what's your website? He's like, no, I have all the stuff in my car, you know? happens all the time <laughs> and, I that. They're yeah. like, no, I'm gonna bring it up in here yeah yeah I'm gonna see her yeah, right <laughs> and um you know we've I've gone to South Africa hung with him for a week and a half and you know learned his production and now we communicate you know a lot and he comes back often so um but yeah you're just constantly meeting amazing people so um yeah, four hundred and, and four hundred. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just beautiful that you have that many represented here, right? And so, yes, it's a boutique and it's a store that people could come by and buy products and purchase. But they're they're also investing in somebody. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. buying from someone. They're pouring into someone's livelihood, right? You know, you yeah. you're buying. I often say like, art is your heart heart with arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Like they're buying your heart right, right there, and and it's hard because. People could have their opinions. You right. know, they can say yeah. their stuff and mm-hmm. and everything, but you're giving them this opportunity to showcase it and yeah. for people to come and touch and feel and see. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just beautiful. And I think it leaves an impact. It just yeah. it, it it actually circles it all around. Like you you have it here. If someone buys it, mm-hmm. someone sees it. They're like, "Where'd you get that? Who's right. that?" You know, it just yeah. keeps that cycle going. Yeah, I think that's incredible. So, what's the next brave thing you get ready to do? Oh like you goodness. ain't already right this I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I know um, you got something new you about to <laughs> I mean right now we're in the process of um, opening our second store in Baltimore yes, so yes, August yes. 23rd is the goal fingers crossed <laughs> um, August 24th and 25th we're having basically events all day to celebrate our new venture into Baltimore um, and so that's pretty much where we're focusing right now um, of course, we're planning for Black Love in 2020. Yeah, please talk about that because that's a beautiful. I was, yeah. I, was just, I was talking to a boy last night about like <laughs> you. You need to be there. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, in Kenya, you've actually seen like the inside of it too during your volunteering time. You know, the stuff you don't want people to see. You helped us button up a little bit. So I appreciate that. Um, so the Black Love Experience this year was the sixth year. Yeah. And so it pretty much, you know, it started out in necessity. It Like we opened in 2013, 2014 was the first one. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I knew from being in retail that February is the slowest month mm-hmm. retail selling mm-hmm. wise so you know i said okay well i should have an event okay. i had only been open what four months and i was yeah. like but i should have an event with like four artists four vendors and then i had a dj and it was really simple okay and we probably had like 100 200 people show up which was good for yeah girl for um, your first event and yeah. You yeah that was awesome yeah like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um the years thereafter it just continued to grow so um, after a while, we started renting out the whole building. So mm-hmm. we rent upstairs of the art center, downstairs, and then there's a building they have two doors down mm-hmm. the hive. Mm-hmm. So we rented out all of those after a while, and we, we would have programming in all of these different areas. So like the Black Box Theater, um, where Mahogany Books is right now, yes. it used to be just the open gallery. So okay. we would do like sipping paints and things like that. But pretty much it's just an evening of like black excellence uh, we just want to show black folks yes. you know um, that we do so many amazing things and we can feed off of that you know yes. um, and I have an amazing team which um, I think most of them came a lot of them came on board about year three and year four okay okay so like I said Rissa Kat Okadei she has little so-so production so she does a lot of the um, workshop panel okay. discussion mm-hmm. portion of it um, we had Jason, uh, who goes by Jason. He's mm-hmm. a Southeast native, and he's such a, a hard believer in mm-hmm. us. And he actually yes. works with us, for us now. Uh, but he would do the main stage music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would just include food, live art, um, a whole bunch of vendors. Yes. And it was just kind of like an evening of just black excellence. And then last year... Um, or this year, see, I'm already in the next right, year. Right, yeah. <laughs> you already didn't float. I was like, no, but we still 2019. <laughs> um, we had a really major partners, so the Arc Theater on mm-hmm. Mississippi Avenue and um, the 11th Street Bridge Project were major partners, and they allowed yes. us to bring it to the Arc Campus, which is amazing. Yes. And so then we were able to, like, double the size of vendors, um, have more art, more workshops on like energy. How do we have, you know, how do you grow woman energy? How do you uh, grow men's energy? And how yes. we interact with each yes. other with energetically. Um, we have panels on black branding. We've done panels on Afrofuturism, so many different things. Um, it, but it's just black. Like our bar was full of all black yes. brands. So. And I was loving that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was yeah. talking about it last night. I was like, there was a black, there was black <laughs> Yeah, black comedy, like yes, everything. Yep, yes. every beer, wine, whiskey, yes. everything was black owned. I mean, even the like the the students, they are part of the I Can program. Mm-hmm. Out of the arc is all black students that did all of our lighting and tech. Yes. Um, the pipe and drape, where all the vendors were, the production company was a black owned production company. Our bags, our t shirts are printed by a black woman. So we just we go hard awesome. and just. Awesome. Um, you know, showing ourselves in excellence. And then the whole idea of it is like afterwards, come ask me like, oh, you had this black food truck. We yes. want it for our event. Yes. So, you know, we want this to be something where buying black 
is is a normal. We already thing. did that. We were like, okay, where's the the black winery? Where are those uh-huh. at? Where are they located? <laughs> and where can you know? Because people were like, well, how do we get the wines that right. are there and everything? So yeah, it does. It definitely mm-hmm. showcased them mm-hmm. and made us say, oh my gosh, that's there and yeah. it's available and I want it. Yes. So yeah, yeah. black excellence for sure. Y'all yeah. gotta go there. When's the, when's the next one? <laughs> the next one is I think the date is March twenty first, twenty twenty. Okay. Twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So y'all heard that right? Got Baltimore August twenty third. Yes. And then we got March 21st, 2020, okay? Got to make it happen. (laughs) Got to make it happen. Well, Anika, I've loved this. Uh, Thank you. Is there anything that, as an entrepreneur, a black woman, Mm -hmm. that you would impart into the listeners who are these black women who want to be these entrepreneurs but really are just struggling? Mm -hmm. Is there any wisdom that you would give since you've been doing this work? Um, I would say first, number one, is just start. That's good. I think a lot of, I think, you know, one thing a lot of people say is like when they leave their job, they're like, oh, I'm about to take the leap. And it's like, if you always think of it as a leap, it's going to feel like a leap. But Ooh. if it's Ooh. just moving forward in your, in your passion, in your purpose, then you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Girl, I like that. <laughs> I was like, all right. Okay. That was number one. <laughs> yeah. You got to You got to trust the process, but just start. Cause you won't have the process if you don't start. Right. Ooh. So big or small, like a yes. lot of people don't know that, you know, I started by making feather earrings. They were not good earrings, but I just, you know, making earrings. Yeah, that was like not that. the plan, but I had to get started. So, so um, I always tell people, Jeff, just start. It's okay. It's okay how you look. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the trust the part process part is real. Like all of us are out here, but none of us really have the answers. Okay, we know a lot of different things. Yeah. We've been through things, but we're all still figuring it out. Yeah. You know, so just know that as long as you're a student, you continue to grow, you change where you need to change. Um, but trust the process. It's all it's all for a reason. Everything like happens it. for a reason. I so. Like it. so Anika, we're you know, this is it's trending self care and mm-hmm. self love. How are you loving yourself better nowadays? Um, so recently I would say in the past, I think it's been like three, four months, um, I started to go to the gym. You know, yes. I, I'm not a gym person at I'm all. I'm not either. I think, I think mine came from running track all those years, and I was in the yeah. gym. I don't even want to go back up in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my thing is I ain't never run track. So it's just like I'm not going in there because I was never in there before. Okay. But, you know, I would always start and stop. But, you know, I wanted to find something that was fun. So I found a gym. Well, actually, one of my girlfriends, she invited me to her gym. And it's amazing. Yay. And so I really, that's where, you know, I was coming from now and, I just enjoy that time. I'm not thinking about any. I'm thinking about breathing. That's oh, that's, <laughs> that's good. it. Yes. Um. You know. So I'm not thinking about you know um, following up with staff or some numbers or email or something I have to follow up. This is my mental time. Like so that. I think that's really important. Um. And then you know I started seeing a therapist. Come on, girl. Yeah. Talk I, about that. I think so great. often in our communities, it's better now. Mm-hmm. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, we got the Black Girl, ther- you know, yes. black girl Therapy Directory yep. and, the, and the podcast. And yeah. I think people are more open to it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's good that you're speaking to that. That Yeah. 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 I mean, I I mean, I always knew that I had things, right? You have, you, you're holding things and that you need to get them out. You need to sort them, you know, in order to open the way for some other things. I think for me, it's like I've, I created this glass ceiling 
And I needed somebody to help me kind of shatter that. Mm -hmm. And as much as, you know, everyone on the outside was like, you're moving and you're shaking in my heart. I really Mm -hmm. always felt like I wasn't moving forward. I wasn't Mm -hmm. working to the best of my potential. Mm -hmm. So having a therapist has definitely helped me to gain perspective, Mm -hmm. drop some baggage, um, and and be lighter on my feet so I can move in that way. I like that. Lighter on your feet, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We got some heavy bags. Right. <laughs> and we gotta let, oh my god, that is so good. Lighter on your feet. I like yeah. that. Well, Nika, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having me, me. Be in your space. Thank you for being on this podcast. I, I love you, it. girl. I love you too. And I have to just tell you, I'm so proud of you as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've always been like, come on in. <laughs> come on in, sis. Come on in. And I appreciate that. And I can, you know, only imagine what it's like to do that with, you know, a group of women who, who, who need to hear those words, you know, and um, it's great to have somebody that can, can be that cheerleader and that voice. And you've definitely been that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for today's episode on the Brave and Vision podcast where we are truly on a mission to be inspired and empowered to bravely pursue after our visions. Check you out at the next episode. Be blessed until then.